And we're live. Taylor, Good I Good morning, Stephen Erb. I missed you the last two weeks. I, I was know. Withdrawal. I know. The last week kind of threw off my routine. I know. Well, let's jump in. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Real Investing Show. Uh, I am uh, Stephen Earp, your co-host, and with my trusty co-host, Taylor Davis, the great Taylor Davis of Norman, Oklahoma. And uh, yeah, if you're wherever you're listening, please uh, let us know who you are and where you're from. And uh, and if you have any questions about real estate, please let us please let us know in the comments below. We'd love to address as many of those as possible. We also both um, invest quite a bit of time in meeting face to face with uh, some of our listeners and viewers. So if you are in this area or if you're coming through this area, we'd love to connect and uh, get a cup of coffee. And um, yeah, we'll let you buy, but because uh, we're both super cheap. However, it's true. yeah, um, but I think I that from you. yeah, let the other person buy <laughs> or being cheap. <laughs> well, you know, actually, on that note, the first time we met, uh, I, I asked you to a cup of coffee. This is in yeah. 2008. Wow. And I was thinking Starbucks or something like that. No, we went McDonald's. You're like, no, let's go to McDonald's. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's an even cheaper cup of coffee. I know, man. Well, honestly, here, let me, I'll tell you this. You know, I love coffee, first of all. You know that, right? Yes. I, I mean, and in my house, I have, because I do a lot of traveling um, internationally. And uh, so I have literally had some of the best coffee in the world. And now I'll drink anything. My go-to at the house is Folgers whenever we don't have like better stuff or whenever I don't take time to grind the beans and stuff. So I'll drink any coffee. However, um, I do, I'm not a fan of Starbucks coffee. That seems it's, like the, it almost tastes burnt. Yep. The beans are kind of burned. And honestly, I like McDonald's coffee and that's kind of weird for a guy that really likes coffee, but, um, well, yeah. we just kind of screwed us a, a Starbucks sponsorship one day, but but maybe we can get McDonald's to sponsor this show. What I meant was <laughs> when I go to Starbucks, I drink other things. <laughs> I have this great tea line. So, all right. Hey, let's jump in here. Our listeners aren't ready for coffee talk. They're ready for some real estate talk. And there's a lot happening right now, right? I know. It's crazy. The, the market's going bonkers. So today, just... And I figure for the sake of our listeners who may be listening later, um, th this is uh, Wednesday, November the 9th, 2022. Yep. So lots and lots of changes in the market. Do you mind, Taylor, just give us like a, maybe like give us a 12 month overview of what all has happened in the real estate market for like last in the 12 last months? 12 months? Yeah. So yeah. the topic for today, by the way, the topic for the day, we're going to talk about how the current market is impacting investors and how we think it might impact investors. Um, so we're going to talk about it from a, an investor's perspective. Last time, the last session, uh, the last long form uh, podcast we recorded, we talked about how it affects home buyers, uh, right. home buyers and home sellers. But now we're going to talk about uh, investors. investors. Yeah. Yep. So can you give us kind of a rundown, like what all has happened over the last 12 months? Yeah. So, I mean, 12 months ago, we were at historic highs. We were at historic highs, uh, prices continuing to climb. We'd seen, um, you know, this time last year, we were seeing almost a 20% increase in, in sales prices over the last, over a two-year period. Um, 
Uh, and that continued really strong up until about May of 2022. And then interest rates started rising. And, and we were in this really historic low interest rates. I, they actually got to the lowest point in like, I think it was early 2001 or late 2020 was like, I mean, I was literally seeing, I, I locked in one of my properties at 2.625%. I mean, it's stupid low. Uh, so um, then they were, they were hovering around the threes for a while. May hit and and now we're up to about seven seven and a half percent is what you're going to expect to pay on a primary mortgage right now. Um, so they've literally doubled or more than doubled in the last year, <clears throat> and so that's really put a. Uh, I mean, that, the whole point of that was to pump the brakes on on some things, and that's what it's doing. It's pumping the brakes, and so now if you look at numbers, or at least for last month's reporting, uh, year over year, so this month versus this month last year and that so that would have been october it was down 22 percent uh, nationwide in the number of transactions so we're seeing about uh you know one out of four transactions that were happening last year are not happening this year so you're just seeing a, a lot fewer transactions uh which is is um shifting everything and, and one of the things that we're seeing is in in markets that went way high um austin is one of those markets austin texas uh las vegas nevada uh denver colorado there's a few other ones boy i think boise idaho is another one which is kind of random um but there's these different markets that really shot up and we're starting to see a, a big decrease like austin texas the number i looked at uh was they're down 16 percent on sales prices Sales prices are down 16% in the last three months. Um, so you're seeing that drop off. Now in, in Oklahoma, in uh, Oklahoma City market at least, we're really not seeing the correction in prices yet. We, we didn't see as much of a spike. And so we don't see quite as a dramatic of a drop in a quick period. But you're very much seeing it in a lot of other areas. Houses are staying on the market longer. There's a lot more inventory. Our inventory went from about 2,000 homes on the market last year to like 6,000 homes on the market this year. So there's a lot more options. Um, and what that is now doing is now you're seeing that in negotiations. You're seeing uh, people negotiating down prices a little bit. You're seeing them negotiate uh, buy downs on rates. So a lot of sellers yeah. are now paying for buyers to pay, pay down rates. You're seeing a lot more uh, repairs being made. Um, things like that that weren't happening even six months ago. Mm -hmm. so, so massive shift. So significant shift. Now, it, it for me, this is a uh, in in some ways it makes me thankful for where we're located. Yeah, <laughs> because we I would agree. With that. Like, we didn't say like see like massive inflation, and so we're not seeing like a massive drop. Um, and so, uh, so that's that's what's happening now. Um, I so as far as investors. Um, does this mean I, I'm actually encouraged by the market? Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm encouraged by the market. I like the changes. It makes it exciting for me. Um, and I also like, there are more like some of the huge buyers have slowed down significantly, like yeah. some of the hedge funds and some of yeah. them are even, some of them are even posting. Losses. Yeah. Liquidating yeah. and posting losses, which is, uh, amazing and i like it <laughs> because i'm i'm not opposed to i mean hedge funds are just basically made up of of big investors like buying up all of the single family homes 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah. Going in and, and ro- rolling in hundreds of homes in a market into a mm-hmm. hedge fund. Yeah, but a lot of them were buying in very specific markets and buying lots and lots in very specific markets and things like that. So, right. um, so some of them are slowing down. So to me, this is the best opportunity as investors we've had in the last two or three years. That's my opinion. Yeah, I. It it, it has so. Listen, there's no bad market to invest right. in real estate. There's just different opportunities. And mm-hmm. as long as you understand that, you don't look you you have to understand that there's a problem and right. as an investor, your goal is to figure out that problem and solve that problem for someone because there's always going to be a problem. There's always going to be right. an opportunity. One right. person's problem is another person's opportunity. So there's always going to be an opportunity. Right. What we're seeing right now is is we as investors are no longer having to compete uh, as dramatically with I mean with the market because everyone was a buyer in the last two years. You had right. so many people in in the market ready to buy, and everything was very competitive. There really wasn't. I mean, there hasn't been foreclosures, so there hasn't right. been the foreclosure market. There hasn't been anybody that had a distressed sell. They could literally just throw it on the market as is, where is, and it would sell. Where right. where now what you're starting to see is it's only the houses that are fixed up that are really selling quickly. And those mm-hmm. that need work and things like that, they're sitting. That's an opportunity. Um, yeah, number now you got to shift your strategy. You know, the strategy that I've been using the last two years was very much the Burr method. We had a whole episode on that, but that Burr method works out really well in that low interest market. I could actually pay more for a house than right. I normally would be able to pay because I was going to Burr out at a low interest rate. Mm-hmm. The Burr doesn't work right now, not at the prices that we're seeing. So we have mm-hmm. to pivot, but there's a huge opportunity and an opportunity to, to buy houses that we haven't been able to buy in the last two years. Yeah, and also I, I think that um, what I've heard a lot of other investors in other investor podcasts and things like this that I've listened to is like actually negotiating and doing good business matters more now. hundred percent going back and saying, okay, we're not going to do this, but we're going to do that. And we're not going to do this, but we're going to do that. Um, You just have a lot more options because it's not just what's your highest price. Here's your highest and best. And if you get the highest price, then you, then you get the deal, you know? Right. So, um, so I, I think there are a lot more, a lot more opportunities for investors. I think it's probably healthy for the market overall. I'd agree with the, that. The housing market was going crazy. And like, I, as I look forward, there's no crystal ball. Like nobody knows, like it doesn't matter what someone does for a living. They simply don't know. They're experts that believe all kinds of things about the market. But to me, I could see potentially the way things are going, like a significant slowdown longer term. Um, by longer term, I mean several years. And so, um, and not just in the housing market, but, you know, o- overall. Overall housing. economy. Yeah, overall economy. And, and part of the reason for that is we had this, we printed so much money and inflation was going crazy. And so now the Fed's trying to slow it down. Um, I think that's probably a good thing. I mean, if they're going to interfere in our money, if they're going to interfere in our money, like Make then they need to interfere. They, they they need to correct it, you know. So yeah. So, or what is your goal? What is your strategy in this market for the next? So with with what you're predicting over the next twelve months, what is your strategy right now? 
My strategy right now is, and like it's interesting you ask, you and I have not talked about this yet, but I really, I want to focus on getting more owner finance deals and even doing more subject to deals. Okay. I want to get more back into taking deals subject to, I used to do it in the mid 2000s. Um, And that's just a, basically a creative financing way. I think there are going to be lots of deals that are available, uh, you know, that are off market that could be owner finance kind of deals. And so I, I think the next couple of years for me, that's going to be a big deal. Of course, I'm also in this position where I'm in, I'm in a fascinating position where um, a little bit of my backstory for those listening, I, you know, at one point I had 35 rentals. I had, my wife was in tragically bad health. And so her health declined, declined, declined. So over time I liquidated a lot of those properties and then uh, eventually she passed away. So my, you know, my wife I was married to for 28 years. She, she died two years ago. I didn't mean to bring like some darkness into it, but that's just part of what I live with. Um, so when she died, I ended up, I had like three rentals left out of 35. So I'm in this, the last couple of years of like this rebuilding, restarting. I'm kind of excited about it. It's like, for me, it's an opportunity. It's like, okay, perfect. Everyone's not trying to buy property anymore. Like the sellers, when I deal with, uh, here's what I'm dealing with. So we get a lot of leads from, uh, from Facebook, from running ads. Here's what I'm coming into. And this might be of interest to you. Uh, I, in the ads we run ourselves and the ad and the leads that I buy from other people that do marketing online, that's mainly where my leads have been coming from. As I, what I've been finding is the sellers that need to sell are getting fewer people contacting them. 100%. And so for me, it's like, it's it's much easier now. I enjoy it more. I like connecting with people one to one. I like the personal touch. I like the face to face. I do not like just okay. Someone's interested. We got to get over there right now. We got to get them uh, an offer. Okay, who else is talking to them? What are they going to offer? How quickly can they close? Like, and that's what it was like for the last eighteen months, right? Um, and so that's kind of that's my strategy. I want to do more. Uh, Moving forward in the next couple of years, I want to do more owner finance deals, um, which means finding more deals. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to double down and do as much as I can. And the thing about interest rates, a couple, I, I want to mention a couple of things about interest rates. This is my perspective. First of all, my family, like my grandparents were real estate developers and, and, in, and in home investors in like the 70s and the 80s. In the early 80s, like there were interest rates at 15, 16, 17%. Right. And number one, this is what we've said multiple times. When you're buying real estate, the, the interest rate is not the biggest deal. Okay. So right now, the interest rates being higher are going to cause the price of homes to go lower if it stays high long enough and it, pro- it looks like it's going to. And so what's going to happen is you can get better deals, but... So you can buy houses at a better deal. So we say this a lot. We say, um, date the rate, marry the house, right? Right. Well, just buy the house, whatever you can afford. And then when interest rates go back down, then you can refinance it. You're not married um, to the rate. Man, I got to I gotta jump in here because here's what's so funny right now. Okay. And you're 100% right. So prices and, and interest rates are aligned because it, it has to do with an affordability metric. Yeah. And so here's what was interesting is, is if you look back at the numbers in 2021, 
uh, we were actually at one of, we were still more affordable than we were in the 1980s because of the interest rates in the 80s. Even though the prices are triple what they were then, the affordability right. to the average person on a payment was actually better in comparison to what they made. So mm-hmm. that affordability metric is there. Well, now you've got high prices. Now interest rates are coming up. So those prices are going to come back down. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Here's what's so interesting is we've got a lot of people that, you know, we we are constantly in, in talkings with buyers on our real estate team. And so one of the things that we're hearing is like, oh, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I'm like, what are you waiting for? Right? What are you waiting for? Okay, if you're buying in the same market, if you don't have the need to move or, or whatever, that's one thing, right? Like that's like uh, the timing of my life is is not right. Right. Okay, let's go down this road. Let's say you lock in today at a 7% interest rate and you buy a house today at 7% interest rate. Yeah. And a year from now, interest rates continue to go up. Now it's 9%. Right. Aren't you glad you're locked in at a 7% rate? Right. Okay. Let's go the other way. Let's say the interest rates correct and go down and they decide, all right, we're going to bring it back down. And it's 5%. You Mm -hmm. bought a house when no one else was buying or when fewer people were buying. Mm-hmm. and you refinance. So you still have the house, you married the house and you refinance, yeah. you dated the rate. Now you're at the 5% rate, but you got to yeah. buy the house when, when fewer people were, because I guarantee you, Stephen, the second I've talked to so many buyers, we talked to so many buyers on our team, the second interest rates get back into the fives, there's going to be a flood of buyers again. There are so many people sitting on the sidelines that if it hits the fives again, because there's something magical about that mm-hmm. number, that mm-hmm. they're going to jump back into the market. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be competing and the prices of those houses are going to go back up. All right, right, that's my little soapbox. Like, don't time the market. I'm not a believer of timing the market. I'm a believer of constructing it in a way that works for you. Um, Absolutely. And a strategy yeah. that works for you. Yeah. Said, yeah. I, oh, go yeah. ahead. No, no, you go ahead. No, that said, for in, investors, yeah, you're right. So, I, I want to go to to the uh, the owner finance opportunity. This subject mm-hmm. too. I want to ask you a question: What kind of cash flow do you look for when you're t- taking that on? So if you're looking at a subject two and you're seeing the payment and you're seeing what it would rent for and you're calculating mm-hmm. your cash flow, what is your minimum cash flow to go? Yep, I'll take that deal. Okay, at least three hundred a month right now. By number four hundred is better. At least yep. three hundred. Like I'm not touching it if it's three hundred or less. And let me tell you, let me tell you why I, when I first started investing in real estate, I like everyone, like the, the phrase cash flow is king. That's a really big deal. Like everybody talks about cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, even like Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. Um, and I, the early books I read in real estate, I'm trying to think of who wrote them books. I'm talking written in like the late eighties, early nineties, when I first started reading real estate books, talked about how cash flow was like the only indicator. You know what I'm saying? Right. And at this point, I'm 47 years old. I'm not 19. I bought my first house at 19, but now I'm 47. At 47, I want properties. So like if you buy, you can buy cheap properties in cheap areas and get big cash flow. Correct. Okay. But they don't appreciate as much. Correct. As they do in other as they do. So you have, you say you have a class, B class, C class, D class neighborhoods, and you could buy D class neighborhoods all day long that are super cheap and you can still buy them super cheap. And you'll and always massive cash flow. Oh man, 400 a month, 500 a month. But like when your payments the same, 
right. It might, payments you know, three, four hundred yeah. bucks a month, and you're making four hundred yeah. bucks a month. Yeah, and and so like you, yeah, your payment maybe or even less, and you're and you're just cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. And I think there's a space for that. And if you like that demographic, it's great. And I used to have a lot of properties like that. I I speak Spanish, and a lot of first generation immigrants are kind of in that that like when they immigrate here, they buy properties that they can afford. And so I would deal a lot in that demographic. And I, at this stage in my life, I want properties that are going to cash flow some and they're going to appreciate over the next 15 to 20 years. That's what I want. I agree because, with that. Because I, I, I'm in this position now where it's like, I, um, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be willing to take a risk, but the older I get, I, the less risky things I do, because it's like, it's, I know more, so it's less risk. You see? Well, and here's the deal. It, to the to the the new investor, the the one that the 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 hustler that's want to go out there and and work and see a lot of cash flow quickly. That's mm. actually a great opportunity because here's going back to what I said earlier: is you, you're solving someone's problem, and sometimes that's other investors' problems, right? Right. And the the reason <laughs> the reason you you have these these more cash flow. Um, and, and sometimes you'll see, you've heard of the 1% rule, right? Where, it, yeah. it, you know, you buy it for a hundred thousand dollars and you make a thousand dollars a month. It's 1%. That's a, that's a good kind of rule of thumb. Mm. Dude, there are properties out there that'll hit the two or 3% rule, right? Like yeah. you, you yeah. where you, you make really good money in comparison to what you paid for it. Right. But you're also in, in adopting a really big headache, right? And so if yeah. you are, in the phase of life where you're like, you know what? I have all this energy. I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay to kind of stay on top of my tenants. I'm willing to kind of take on some of these headaches that other investors mm -hmm. don't want because I want that cash flow. That mm -hmm. could be a great niche for you. And that's why I always say like the first thing you should do when you decide to start investing in real estate is define your criteria. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with you though. I have come to a place where it's like, I don't want some of the headaches that I had to deal with early on in, 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 yeah. in that that, you know, D or even sometimes C class where you're, where right. you're dealing with that. And for right. me, I would, I agree. I love the appreciation play as long as it still cash flows. I would never take a cash flow negative or a, right. a, a no cash flow property. There has to be that cash flow because I need to make sure that I'm covering my payment, even if something goes mm -hmm. wrong. And so I want that buffer. Yeah. Uh, but so, the appreciation is where the wealth is. I, I would say at this stage, I, at this stage, I would not take a negative cash flow deal, but I I don't I wouldn't I would stop short of saying I would never take a negative cash flow deal. Okay, fair. So for for, for example, like you know your your broken bow house, for example, right? Like in areas that are like hot and they're going to continue to be hot and they're going to like you you can see where it's like okay, this is negative cash flow this year, but next year it won't be. Or when right. people start traveling again, it won't be. So I so that's what I'm looking. I'm looking at. Subject to, I'm looking at owner finance. I'm looking at, I want to, I want to uh, test more. I want to, uh, um, I want to get my foot, my feet in the pool of, uh, of short-term rentals, Airbnbs, yep. um, which I have not done yet. I have, we have one property. We're going to, um, we're going to, it's going to be our first trial deal there um, on a property we have west of here. But um, so my thinking is if I can, if I can buy them so that they, Will cash flow three hundred bucks a month, uh, on a long term rental, and then we explore the Airbnb option. And so, 
anyway, that's kind of what I'm thinking. So it's like, well, if it doesn't work for Airbnb, your worst case scenario. And you know what? That's most investors tend to have multiple exit strategies, right? Yeah. And so you take this property and go, here's my plan A, here's my plan B, here's my plan C. And that way you don't like that also takes a lot of that fear out of it, right? Is, hey, if I'm buying this at a price that if I had to turn around and sell it, I'm not losing. I'm buying this at a price that I can long-term rent this, but it, but I I can also short-term rent this. Uh, Worst case scenario, I'll come back to the long-term. Well, if that doesn't work, then I can always turn around and sell it. Like all of these are exits, right? Mm -hmm. Well, and yeah. And so, and about that, just talk about investing in general. And we're talking about different classes of neighborhoods, A, B, C, uh, A, B, C, and D. And these are not like rules. These are just like, it's not like, well, this is A and this is B and this is C. Right. Um, and it's, but um, the lower in demographics you go on properties, the better deals you can get and the higher cash flow you can make, but the lower appreciation. The higher you go, the more likely it is to appreciate. So the most expensive houses in the area are the ones most likely to appreciate the most. Right. So, so it's like that. So you trade off cash flow for appreciation. But in that in that middle zone, like B and upper C uh, class properties, a lot of times you have, I used to call those bread and butter neighborhoods where they're 50% rentals and 50% homeowners. Yeah. And when you buy a property in, in those neighborhoods, you can rent it, you can rehab it and sell it to a first time home buyer. You could sell it to an investor. Um, you you have all kinds of options. If you, if you're buying in D class neighborhoods, the only thing you can do pretty much is rent it out or sell it to another investor because yep. first time home buyers are not buying there. And then if you're buying in the A, there's all no you can do is, yeah, there's there's not well, cash flow. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's um, but as far as the market, so I'm very excited about the market. So we're here to talk about the market. Um, in the big picture, uh, and going back to my initial thoughts about um like in the early eighties when my grandparents were buying properties and they're paying 15, 16, 17% interest on them. Um, like ask someone who bought a house in 1980 and still owns it and ask if they regret it. I mean, you know, like, oh. like and they were at 17% interest rate. Yeah. And so like, uh, no, they don't regret it. Like, uh, the, the regrets I have are houses that I sold that I wish I still had, you yeah. know? So I never sold a house that I didn't later wish that I still owned it. You know, I would agree with that. Like I always look back and I'm like, man, I, I wish I had Ooh, that house. Yeah. But in the moment, in the moment, it's like, no, I needed the cash more than I needed. the. Yeah. The well, and the one thing that I always forget to do is all the other properties that I bought with that cash that I I'm glad that I still have. Right, right, right. Because you turned it into three others. Yeah. Right. That's something I, that, so so that's where that's where I am on investing. And I also here's something else I'm excited about on investing is uh, I, I oh man, I hate to say what I'm about to say. I shouldn't feel like I shouldn't feel like this. But when I see some of these big hedge funds, like they had a loss for the quarter or something like that. And I'm like, hmm, so sorry. You know, it's like <laughs> you start liquidating those. Yeah, I, I I think to myself, mm, that's so unlucky that you had an algorithm that was buying all your properties for you, right? And then and then guys like me, it made it harder for us, or it made it harder for actual home buyers in an area. And so right. it doesn't make me sad when I read those articles, but that's not good. My faith, you know, I I try to follow Jesus, and that's not good for my faith, you know, like to to rejoice when they're not doing well, <laughs> right? But, but when the well, big it's the opportunity. 
Yeah, it's a great opportunity. So it's there's that. And then there's also, I kind of hope we see, if you get online and you go to Facebook, I don't recommend anyone do this, okay? And you just search for real estate investment groups on Facebook, like you're going to find all kinds of junk. You're you're going to find like get rich quick stuff and you can wholesale houses and get rich quick and things like that. You're going to find tons and tons of groups and pages selling that kind of stuff. And lots of people who are who are who are who are talking about they're real estate investors, but it's like they're not actually investing in real estate. And I think it's really bad for the market. And I think a lot of those people in the current market, I think a lot of them might disappear, which I think is probably uh, good. Yeah, I, I think okay. And and to clarify something, neither one of us are anti wholesaling, right? No. We're, we're both very pro wholesaling. In fact, yeah. we both do it. That's how we yeah. met and what we did. There's the, the get rich quick side of it is the piece that that needs to be eliminated. Yes. That is that real estate is not a get rich quick scheme. It is right. an opportunity to create wealth, but it it shouldn't be this idea of like, oh man, I need quick cash. Let's go do real estate. Like that's not that's not the play. Um, and, but my going into this market, you know, one of the things that that I think we're both working on independently is the, the wholesale pieces and, yeah. and getting more of that direct with the client because our direct to seller um, yeah. marketing, because um, we're, th there's more opportunity there right now. And right. to your point, um, you know, when I make a, when I make an offer and, and I, man, I would encourage our listeners to do this if, if at all possible, structure as many options as possible to the person mm -hmm. that you're sitting across. Um, yeah. understand what their needs are, understand what they're looking for, and then right. structure a few options. People don't like this idea of, I only have one thing, like I can only do one thing. And if you mm -hmm. come in and you only offer them one thing, well, and they're looking for other options, they may or may not work with you. Mm -hmm. if, if you go in and you structure it and like, Hey, here's my, as is cash offer mm -hmm. here. Uh, but it's low, right? This is everything you want convenient. I'm going to give you all the terms that you want, but you're going to give me the price that I want. So that's right. a low offer. And then you have, you may have a, a middle offer, which will be like, you know, Hey, maybe we carry, you carry this for me for the next three to six months. And I'm going to come in here and rehab this house and, and then turn around and sell it. And uh, so I, you're, but I'll, and I'll give you more for that. Or yeah. you carry it for me for a long term, like maybe the subject to or a long term owner financing. And now I can pay you even more. And right. so you, you as the investor are the solution to that person that you're sitting across in three yeah. different opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. And what I love about <clears throat> that's something else I love about the current market is people who care about those things, people who care about people and people who care about creative options, we can actually start doing well again. Where yeah. before the only option we had was buy it now, buy it fast, give the highest offer and right. close. Like, right. but now it's like, nope, okay, here, here are your options. We can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And where the big hedge fund buyers were like, here's our buy box. If it's within this price range with this criteria in this area, we'll buy it like that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and so then we're, we're trying to find niche areas that they're not buying, you know, of right, course, right. honestly, Oklahoma city, I know there's some hedge fund buying in Oklahoma city, but it's nothing like what it was in some of the huge. Like, I'm sure markets. it's not, but as a real estate agent, I had, I don't know, three or four different investors reach out to me and they're like, if you get any listing within this 
kind of buy box, right? And I mean, we're talking a wide buy box under $200,000 right? built in 1980 or newer, like a couple other, not on a busy road, right? Yeah. Like it was just a couple of things. And if you, if it was in that, they'd make a full price, they'd make a full price offer to whatever you're going to list. Yeah. And you're like, that's ridiculous because they were trying to stay out of the comp competition. And it was just, that was, um, so there was a lot of those that's definitely slowing down now. So yeah, well, that's yeah, where the opportunity lies now. So, so to wrap it up, maybe I'll give my final thoughts and you can give your final thoughts yep. and we'll wrap it up for now. Uh, my final thoughts are, I love the market the way it is. I love the changes. I'm excited about the future. I'm going to be focusing on the future on doing more creative finance deals, um, more owner finance deals. Um, and so I, I'm really excited about the future of real estate investing um, right now. So that, those are my final thoughts about where the market is right now. And in addition to that, um, every market is a good market. You just have to find the right way to make deals. So All right. 100%. And that's where I was going with it is, you know, my final thoughts are when you feel a little scared, you have to understand as an investor, everyone else feels that more. And that is your opportunity. If you can manage that fear and still move forward, because what that means is that's, that means there's an opportunity and you just, the first one to, to, to adapt to the new opportunity is yeah. who's going to win in that market. So as everyone else is starting to be afraid, not wanting to make offers, that's exactly the time that you go in to make offers. So I'm really excited about the market. Just be the first to be able to manage your fear, overcome that. When, other, when others are greedy, be fearful. And when others are fearful, be greedy. Uh, that's my, I mean, one of my favorite quotes. And uh, that's, I think that's the opportunity right now. Love it so much. Thank you guys so much for watching The Real Investing Show. Please like, comment, and share. Let us know what your questions are about real estate. Let us know where you, who you are and where you're watching from. And I would love to connect with you. So we will catch you guys later. Keep watching for more episodes. Music